Welcome to Sci-Fi Tech Talk, the podcast where we explore the technology of sci-fi. I'm Julie Keel, and my co-host is Jeff Sire. Hello, everyone. This week, we're going to be talking about a short story that just crossed my path in the last week or so, I guess. Uh, it, I believe it was when Wired Magazine was promoting it, um, and that's where I saw it originally. But the title of the story is called Press Enter to Execute by Tobias Bucknell. Um, and, Jeff, you want to read a quick summary of the story there? Sure. Uh, the story takes place in the near future. A hitman has been making hits uh, that have been contracted by an AI spam filter. He doesn't know that immediately, but he finds that out later in the story. Uh, he's been contracted to eliminate spam by having the spammer assassinated. He's been given instructions, information, and assistance through crowdsourcing. After, uh, after he figures out he's actually working for a company who he believes has turned on him, he kills much of their board of directors. However, he ultimately meets his end at the hand of another assassin, filling a contract generated by another competing computer from another competing company. Yeah, this story is not that far into the future, to be honest. Um, the setting of it felt like present day. It did. Except, yeah. you know, the the little bit of, you know, jump in the technology of spam filtering. Everything yeah. else is like, oh, my gosh, that's, you know, yeah. I think the author actually went out of the, maybe out of their way to, to keep it kind of as generic as possible. Like, there wasn't a lot of description about environments or, or anything other than to do with the actual uh, mechanics of the story. So. Yeah, it actually starts on a cruise cruise ship, and even that is very generic. You know, he talks about a suite and a balcony and whatever, and it looks out over Miami. It doesn't say, yeah. you know, what it sees when it looks out over Miami. Yeah, so. and, and he says that, uh, he says, wow, this is a nice suite, and they talk about how much the suite costs. And other than the fact that they say it's five hundred dollars a night, he doesn't give any details as to why it's a nice suite. Like he doesn't say, "Oh, look at the holographic display," or right. there's no nothing to to lead you to kind of give you an anchor of what sort of time frame this is. Right, and I suppose at some point the five hundred dollars a night will be dated, but yeah, this one's going to stand the test of time for a while. But the tech that's crucial to this story, I think there's there's two pieces of it. Um, and one kind of blends into another. I think crowdsourcing is one bit of, of tech, um, if we can call it that. And the other is smart filters that get so darn smart that they bleed into uh, AI, artificial intelligence. Right. Um, you know, I found a quote. This Funny how things just crossed my path. quote this week from B.F. Skinner. It says, the real problem is not whether machines think, but whether men do. Um, so it... This story basically is about what happens when machines do all the thinking and men don't intervene. <laughs> right. Um, basic, uh, it's it's one of the th given that okay given that we're talking about hiring an assassin here, even in James Bond technology, you know, and, and from fifty years ago even. You know, it's all clandestine. Nobody really knows who's behind the money, and nobody, you know, really sees each other, and and so it's all kind of anonymous anyway. And this takes it to a, a, a anonymity to a whole other level because uh, the, some of the tech that it does describe is how this hitman is receiving his instructions. 
Um, he gets information from the computer. Uh, he makes phone calls to a, a computerized voice, you know, like calling into, you know, the weather forecast or, you know, a banking, um, what do they call it, um, phone tree hell type of thing. Oh, like a call center? Yeah, it's a, it's an, a computer voice, basically, that's giving him his instructions. So he never has any interaction with an actual person. And so, basically, the, the computers have been gathering information, collecting it on the back end, and, uh, you know, finding trends from that and, and sources of spam in this case, and then, you know, identifying who's responsible for that, and then sending these instructions to this hitman um, to, to knock them out. And, and it's interesting that uh, his monkey or his MO is to put a can of spam yeah. in, in, uh, and then take video or pictures and post it up on the internet. So he becomes this somewhat, you know, like internet meme himself. Yeah, he sounds like he becomes like a YouTube uh, uh, viral video almost of his, uh, of his hits. Yeah, as a matter of fact, he even runs into somebody, a fellow assassin, um, who's a fan of his, <laughs> as he kills him anyway. But um, it really does, it's not until the very end where the absolute conniving, I want to say evil, <laughs> that has been unleashed is um, kind of really fully understood because... You know, sure, you get all these assassinations happening, and this guy's a hitman, so obviously, you know, yeah, we got evil going on and whatever. But at the he he begins to get paranoid and and thinks it's uh, this this company that's hired him, and so he literally goes on a killing spree and wipes out you know half a dozen dozen people, and then you know runs and hides, and you know someone sneaks up behind him, and lo and behold, basically. You know, the computer was kind of feeding him information, misleading him to believe that was the case. And, the, you know, this assassin who wipes out the assassin, the main assassin, is from another company. So basically we're talking corporate espionage and, you know, corporate whatever assassination um, all being done by all being coordinated by, you know, spam filters and crowdsourcing. It's, it, you know, and the problem with it is it's not that far beyond belief. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it's, it's one of those things that you, you – I don't think there's anything like that today, but, you know, how often do you see, like, a, like an app or something like that on your phone? It's like, oh, you know, we can actually do this now. Like, uh, you know, it, it's, it's things that are – just beyond our current vision, you know? Yeah, even the crowdsourcing stuff, it was like, you know, uh, he would find a bag of money, and then he would crowdsource where to go next, and they'd tell him to go to this hotel. And as the SWAT team is coming in the front door, his crowdsourcing has already lined up a dumpster with a mattress behind the window in the back, so he jumps down that and goes down to a, the main floor where all the doors have been opened between the rooms, and he can you know, walk as far as he wants and slide out the back door of anyone to completely throw the the, the cops off his trail. And the, the crowdsource people that are assisting, they don't even realize they what no they're idea. doing. Yeah. Yeah, they, it's they like somebody think. said, I'm, I'm looking for a place uh, in town that's got, you know, doors between rooms because we're, we're bringing in a big family, you know, and they say, oh, yeah, this is the hotel you want, you know. Um, 
Yeah, and that too is not that far beyond belief. The, the girl that picks them up in the boat. They mentioned geocaching at one point. I don't know if that was uh, with the, the woman in the boat that picks them up when he jumps off of the uh, the cruise ship. But like, yeah, she does. She has no idea what she's doing. She's just been told, you know, you, she has to go out there at this time. And oh, okay, I'm picking up this guy in the water. Right. So it's all kinds of people who have no idea that they're essentially cogs in a bigger machine, and who's in charge of the machine, but a machine. Yeah. Um, I, I, honestly, there's no uh, person that's, you know, giving these orders or even programming the machines to, you know, kill people. Um, they're basically the machine's purpose is to eliminate spam, and when they can no longer do that through algorithms and you know mathematics and and the things that computers do currently at least um, they basically enlist humans to eliminate humans to well, eliminate the problem what, what's the best way to eliminate the problem pro- the problem is to eliminate it at the source right. the source is the the individual human being that's generating the spam so i'm going to hire this hitman to go kill him yeah which you know from a computer's perspective, is quite logical. <laughs> you <Sure>. know, duh. <laughs> so, it's my vote. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it is just right on the edge of what is believable and what is possible. Um, and it really doesn't, you know, I guess as I was reading this, especially as it was getting towards the end and it was, you were starting to realize that it was, the computers were basically out of control. There have been times when the stock market has done this. They've had to, people have had to intervene and shut it down because the computers got, uh, you know, an error or they just went into overdrive because they hit uh, whatever target they were programmed for, and like everybody was programmed for the same target, and it well you know, that happened in uh, yeah. the fall. I think that's part of what happened in the fall of two thousand and eight. And when the stock market started to go down suddenly, it was you know it wasn't the sole reason, but the whole problem was exacerbated by all of these computers that had automatic sell functions that if if the stocks that they were holding dropped by a certain amount that they would just automatically sell and there were so many of them that they all sold at the same time and that drove things down even further than they would have gone. Yep. And and somebody I don't know if it was an automatic override or if somebody was watching it and said, you know, stop. <laughs> hit hit that, you know, big red emergency button. Um and uh, because it was it was basically a self what do they call it? Um you know, self feeding type it's, of system. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a hmm, we have no work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's a, a feedback loop system. Yeah, basically. And, and it just gets caught in, well, infinite loop is what it winds up being. And that's what these, uh, in this story, uh, was doing too. Um, you know, the, the spam was, you know, going back and going back and, and, um, eventually, they decided the the best solution to the problem was to eliminate the interface between the the chair and the keyboard. Yeah. Uh, the, this one raised some social issues too, and you know, I I want to keep the podcast um, focused more on tech than social issues because we could do a whole nother podcast on you right. know, <laughs> social commentary that sci-fi makes. I, I think he's actually. I think probably if you wanted to boil it down to 
to one thing that the author is trying to make a point in it is that because he even mentions it, the Citizens United case, right. where they declared that uh, uh, corporations have the same rights as in the as an individual for freedom of speech. I think I think Citizens United was spe- specifically concerning freedom of speech, but uh, yeah, in in all those aspects. Yeah, and and he even makes some commentary in the story. Uh, I can't even remember which character it was, but something about the idea that uh, corporations um, have been given the rights of people, but none of the responsibilities. For instance, if a person like this assassin goes off and kills a dozen people, you know, he's probably going to go to jail or in some states, you know, death penalty and whatever. Corporation does that, and believe me, that this is you know it happens um the not you know they might get a small fine and that's about it so uh, the he was you know it it wasn't that that there was a paragraph or two where that those comments were being made but it wasn't the focus of the story um it was a, it was a kind of like a little small rabbit hole he kind of went down briefly but it, it did um it did raise an interesting point with regards to the story because it was a person doing these assassinations um but it was being you know so the the person is going to be the one that was being held responsible even though the company through the its out of control computers was the one you know giving the 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 orders and if it was an, uh, a military situation you know the one who matter of fact today i think charles taylor from is it liberia was committed was sentenced or convicted of war crimes because right. he gave the orders he may or may not have pulled the trigger yeah. but he gave the orders um in the um in the story it was making the point that even if the company gives the orders they're not held accountable so um that's the uh, same thing with at the nuremberg trials and i can't think of this guy's name but he was the nazi he never killed anybody he never told anybody to kill anybody but he was con- I, sentenced to death because he was the guy that was like the minister of transport. He made sure that all the trains that facilitated the whole death camp uh, machinery, they worked on time. Right. Yeah, I, I can't think of his name. Aiding and abetting, basically. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, there was some of that that is, it seems to me aiding and abetting was brought into this story too somewhere. Because anybody who's involved in the crowdsourcing yeah. is aiding and abetting. Um, unbeknownst to them, <laughs> right? So yeah, he—that was when he was talking about the crowdsourcing people. Yeah. That's yeah, that's what I think. I can't remember who was having the conversation, but this is a good story. It's not a, a bad story. It's not long at all. I mean, I, I read it a couple times through, three times to it through. I think in the last week, so it's not very long. And I and I will admit, the first time through, I I was like, oh, that was really kind of interesting. Now I need to read it again and make sure I got it straight. There was a, there was a, especially since, you know, knowing we were going to do a podcast on it, you were looking at it for the tech involved. And so you kind of were looking at it with a different eye, perhaps, than if you were just, you know, reading the story to, to, you know, enjoy it. Um, but it's a, it's not a bad story. I, I, I'd, uh, encourage people to check it out. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else we want to say about the story or or the tech that's in it i don't think so yeah it's they, just 
He was just using flat-out guns, wasn't he? We didn't have yeah. like, tasers no, there, or phasers. Or... No, no, there was nothing like that. Yeah, it was all – all of that was pretty straightforward. Yeah, another reason why it's like just on the edge of tomorrow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, I think if that's all we've got, short stories make for short podcasts. <laughs> um, we're going to probably go to a um, TV show next week. Uh, we'll probably try and do an episode on Star Trek, the original Excellent. series. Yeah, not sure which one yet, but uh, we'll pick one of the original series, Star Treks, and and. And our ch- the, one of the reasons we started with the short stories is because there's a limited amount of tech that are in the short stories. Now, a single episode of Star Trek, even the original series, there is at least a, you know two dozen different techs that could be brought out just from the opening scene. You know, everything right. from oh, we could talk about the mini skirts and the plated hair. I mean, I want to <laughs> know what kind of tech is involved in getting your hair to braid like that. Um, versus, you know, the chairs and the buttons and the clocks, much less the phasers and the torpedo. Anyway, so we'll have lots to talk about as far as tech goes uh, once we start digging into into Star Trek. So looking forward to that next week. But I think that's going to wrap up this episode. Um, let's see, Sci-Fi Tech Talk. We have a website at scifitechtalk.com, or you can follow us on Twitter at Sci-Fi Tech Talk. Uh, that's S-C-I-F-I, spelled properly, <laughs> Tech Talk, T-E-C-H-T-A-L-K. And if you any, have any ideas or comments, want to give us some constructive criticism as we get going here, we'd sure appreciate it, to be honest. Um, please send it to scifitechtalk at gmail.com. And Jeff, where can folks find you in cyberspace in the meantime? People can follow me on Twitter at broncosire at Twitter. And I can also be found on Twitter at Bonnyface, B-O-N-N-Y-F-A-C-E. And if you want to find links to the other podcasts, blogs, and whatever else I've got going on, uh, you can find that at about.me slash Bonnyface. So I think that's going to be it for this show, and I will see you in the future.